0: welcome to RCC at Home. My name's Natasha. If you're newer and checking us out, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the little bell to be notified when new videos are released here. RCC at Home is specifically designed for you to have the most meaningful at-home church experience. Also, if you're new, make sure you head over to rccsunday.com and fill out a red card. There you can place any prayer requests and it's also the easiest way for you to communicate with us as a staff. Right now we're gonna jump right into a brand new series called Gravity where we're exploring Jesus's journey to the cross and how God can transform our lives through it. See you later. Welcome to RCC at Home. My name is Mike and I'm one of the pastors at RCC. Thank you for joining me. It's an exciting day to be part of this service because we begin a new series here at church that we're calling Gravity. Gravity is a force that pulls you in. So together, I'm hoping that we can take a step into the gravity of this Easter season. So in this series, We will uncover the power of God in your life, and together, we'll ask God to pull us into a deeper relationship with him. This is actually our Lent series as we approach and prepare for Easter Sunday. Now, as I say the word Lent, maybe you're trying to remember exactly what that is. Um, it's a little embarrassing for me. I I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school for eight years. I I know what Lent is. I've been a pastor for 20 years. I know what Lent is. However, every year when when someone mentions the word Lent for the first time that year, I always have to do a pause. It's like, what is Lent again? Is it Advent or Lent? Which is which? It it happens to me year after year, even after all these years, and I'm guessing maybe it happens for you as well. So let me give you just a couple of quick details in case you're like me. Lent is a 40-day period. It's meant to be a period of preparation for Easter. It was actually formalized at the Council of Nicaea in the year 325. So, So Jesus didn't celebrate Lent. It wasn't formalized within the Christian church until 300 years after Jesus was on earth with us. It's done then in remembrance of Jesus. And specifically, it's a remembrance of his 40 days of fasting in the desert within his ministry. That's why people sometimes give up things for Lent. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been at a point in life where you you, you made a sacrifice for Lent? I've, I've done it before. Like I said, I grew up going to Catholic school for eight years. That was a normal thing for us to do every year, and I've done it since at different times. However, it didn't always go so easily for me. Uh, back before I was a pastor, I was a teacher, and it was pretty normal for us once in a while, at least once a month, to, to go out for lunch as teachers. It'd be a Friday, and there was a Hardee's that was close to the school that we taught at, so there'd be 10 or 12 of us that would go get lunch together on a Friday once in a while at this Hardee's. Well, one of the times we went, I, w- I was a bit behind the rest of the people. They got there a few minutes before me. I was the last one there. They had already gotten their food and were sitting down and I was in line to get my food. I was the last to order, they were already down. I, I got my like Hardee's like, triple burger, burger thing, whatever they call it and went and sat down. And they're all, they're all eating as I joined the table, 10 or 12 of us around this p- table, of little tables pushed together. And-, and I sit down and take the fries out of the bag and take my burger out of the bag. And I, and I open up the wrapper on the burger and it, it was almost like I opened up a bag of snakes. There were there were a couple people at the table that were like, oh, like what are you doing? And I was like, what, the, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm eating a a, a, a super burger, whatever it was called, right? I'm I'm, I'm going for it. This is lunch. And like, no, 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 you can't do that. I'm like, what what do you mean? I can't do that? They're like, it's Lent. I'm like, so? Like it's Lent. You, you, you got You can't have meat. It's Friday. You don't have meat on Friday during Lent. Don't don't you remember? I'm like. I'm eating my burger. Leave me alone. I'm eating my burger. You have your fish sandwich. I don't care. And they're like, oh, that's so wrong. And then I, being a little bit of a smart aleck, said, why? Why, is it, why, why can't I have a burger? Why, why, what's, what's wrong with a burger? And what was telling for me was no one could tell me why. They're like, oh, I don't know. It's Lent. I'm like, so? So what? So who cares? It's Lent. Why, why can't I have a burger? And they didn't know why you got to know why. you got to know why in life. If you choose not to eat meat, you should have a reason not to eat meat. If you choose anything, you should have a reason that you're doing it. So as we approach Easter, Jesus in and, and, and the Last Supper is another one of the events we remember leading up to Easter. But you got to know why. you got to know what it's all about. That's what's so important. You don't just do things without thinking. So, have you ever heard of the term, the Last Supper, or or maybe you call it the Lord's Supper? Have you ever heard of that term? Well, it's important to know why we recognize it, and that it is, this Last Supper, so to speak, this is the why for communion, actually, as well. But first, before we we really, really get into it, this Last Supper it actually has a different name as Jesus describes it in the bible here here listen listen with me this is this is significant this is in the book of luke it's chapter 22 verses 8 and 13 this is what it says Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said go and prepare the passover meal so we can eat it together they went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said and they prepared the passover supper there you may, even, you may even be aware of, of a famous painting of, of this Last Supper. It was done by Leonardo da Vinci in about the year 1500. So, so if, if you look at the painting, you have to know a couple of things. They didn't look like that. They didn't look like that. This was done by a person in Europe 1500 years after the time of Jesus. So so the, the, the people, the, the apostles, Jesus, they, they probably didn't look like the painting or speak like Sometimes we think they did, right? Like a lot of times people think that that people spoke like what's in the King James Bible, which was published in about the year 1600, that that's how Jesus spoke. But no, that's just a translation of the original. It's so important to put things in context and know the original. Now, we talk about that a little. We did a podcast this week, and you can go to YouTube and listen to it if you like or, or watch it if you like. And we talk a little bit about that sort of stuff. But anyways, let me get back to this. Let me get back to the scene of this Last Supper, so to speak. In Luke twenty-two, fourteen 14 and 15, it says, Then at the proper time, Jesus and the twelve apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have looked forward to this hour with deep longing, anxious to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. So, Jesus didn't call it the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper. He called it the Passover meal. Hmm. What's Passover, right? If it's the Passover meal, what's Passover? Well, Passover is one of the Jewish religion's most sacred and widely observed holidays. Its purpose is basically to remember the story of God leading the Jewish people as they escaped slavery from Egypt. It was important then. Celebrating this was important then in Jesus' time, and it's still important today for Jewish people. And also, actually, it should be important for everyone who believes in God. Because Passover honors God. Remembering this honors God. It's a remembrance and celebration of God's power and his love for us. This is what it says in the book of Exodus. It's Exodus chapter 13, verse 8. It says, During these festival days each year, you must explain to your children why you are celebrating. Say to them, this is a celebration of what the Lord did for us when we left Israel. Egypt, you see, this is what Jesus was doing. G- Jesus knew this; he knew this from Exodus. He knew it. This is what he was doing at that supper. He was remembering and celebrating God's power with his friends. Now, now you'll probably recognize this next Bible passage as they were celebrating. It's from Luke twenty-two. You, you'll probably recognize this. Here it is: They're at this dinner, and it says, "Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he thanked God for it, he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying," This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This wine is the token of God's new covenant to save you. In agreement, sealed with the blood I will pour out for you. So, people recognize Lent, to remember Jesus' sacrifice for us. People recognize Passover to celebrate God's power and God's love. So in a similar way, people share communion. to remember that meal, that we remember Jesus' meal. We do it to remember that, but also to remember Jesus and recognize his power to save you. And to make a statement about your agreement with him or faith in him. We're about to share communion together. And I'm always cautious as I approach any activity like this because, as I said, it harbors such a a deep sense of formality and, and ritual or tradition. And I'm cautious because it could be very meaningful for us each personally or it could become something we just do without really thinking, like giving up something for Lent but not really knowing why. The act of communion should be an intimate interaction between you and God. There are a bunch of us now sharing this experience online together, but what I want you to be shooting for is your own personal connection with God in this moment. We're sharing it together as a church family, but you should be shooting for your own personal connection with God. And recognize, remember, that you can commune with God every day. You don't need me. You don't need a church building or anybody else. Sharing bread and juice is a reminder of that. That's why we do it. Now, today, we're not together, So we're not able to to pass bread and juice down the rows like we've done at church for so many years. And you need to know, I really miss you. It's been fun over these last weeks. More and more people are feeling comfortable to return to in-person services. And it's been fun seeing you in person. And, And if you're not ready for that, that's okay. But I do look forward to seeing you in person again as soon as possible. So instead, since we're not able to do that, I will have you pause right now. I'm going to have you pause and go get something to share communion together. It, it doesn't have to be a bread and, and, and juice or wine. It, it can be anything. It can be cookies and milk. It could be a donut and coffee. It, it could be anything. But pause right now and go get that, and then we'll resume together. <music> Welcome back. I don't know what you chose from home to celebrate communion. I have mine here. I have a cracker. I am actually put some peanut butter on my cracker. I've got some water in a mug. But you got to know this. The food isn't what's serious, right? That's why I said get anything that you like. It's not the food that matters. What matters right now is my faith for me between me and God. What matters right now is your faith between you and God. That's what's important, not the exact elements that we use. But before we remember Jesus and and that supper through communion, let's just take a moment to share what Jesus says about it in the Bible. Jesus tells us what communion is in the Bible. So we're going to look back at the verses. You see, first of all, Jesus says sharing communion is a reminder of what he's done for us. It's in the book of Luke. It's chapter 22 and verse 19. Jesus says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Did you see that? you see the word you and, and the word me? Remembering Jesus, right? Jesus, the me, Jesus is saying me. And the you is you and I. We're supposed to be remembering Jesus in this moment. By sharing communion, you're saying that you do remember Jesus. It's a reminder of what a great teacher he is, what a great leader he is, and what a savior he is for you and I. So, that's the first part. The second part is this. Sharing communion is also a statement of your faith. If you look at verse 20, it says, This wine is a token of God's new covenant to save you. An agreement sealed with the blood I will pour out for you. Once again, the word you. By sharing communion. By sharing communion, you're saying that you believe in Jesus. And did you notice that he also said I Jesus said, I, he's asking you to make a statement that your belief is in him. That you have made a covenant or an agreement with God that your trust is in following Jesus. Now, we're about to share communion. And if you want to remember Jesus and make a statement of your faith in him, I invite you to participate. But as I do that, I know that this can be an awkward moment for you. It's an awkward moment for lots of people. It's, it's, it's been that way for 20 almost 20 years here at RCC. But even going back before that, even for me, like I said, I, I grew up going to church. Uh, we, we shared communion on Wednesdays before school. It was a Catholic school. So for eight years, every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m., we had a church service and communion was part of it. However, after that, I, I kind of left the church throughout high school and in college. I, I never, ever, ever, not at all went to church. Well, in college, maybe my junior year or so, I had a roommate, we we're super good friends down at UW-Milwaukee, and, and uh, one time he said, you know, let's go, let's go stay at my parents' place in Green Bay, and we'll go up there for the weekend, and I'll show you where I like to go out in Green Bay and stuff and have some fun together. Sounded great, right? Party, awesome. So we went up and stayed with his parents in Green Bay and had fun going out on Friday and fun going out on Saturday. Well, Sunday morning comes, and he wakes me up super early. We were out really late, and he wakes me up super early. He's like, we're going to church. I'm like, no, we're not. He's like, no, we're going to church. My parents go to church. Do you expect us to go to church and to you know to be respectful of his parents? I kind of rolled out of bed, half awake, and threw on some clothes and and, and went along to church with them. So we go to this church, and it, it was a Catholic church, and, and I was familiar with that from my lifetime, and I, I wasn't that you know like thrown off by it. I felt pretty comfortable, and we we go and sit down in the pew, and been such a long time since I've been to church. I was trying to kind of reorient myself, remember what goes on, and uh, at one point, as, as the church service is about to start, he's like. There's communion. He whispers it to me in, in the pew. I'm like, well, no kidding. I, I know about communion. He's like, yeah. Um, when we go up, don't come up. I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? When, I, when you go up, don't come up. He's like, yeah. You can't you can't have communion. Like, of course I can have communion. He's like, no, you can't. Yes, I can. So we're kind of arguing in the church pew whether or not I'm going to have communion or not. The service starts, and I'm I'm still like trying to decide. Like I'm I'm. What? I can't have communion? I believe in God. I'm going to go for communion. And and he's like, no. And it was bothering me throughout the whole first half of the service. And I'm sitting there in the pew, sort of listening, and, 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 and getting more warmed up to the experience, right? Like here I am, and they're singing songs I remember from years ago, and I'm getting warmed up to it. And I, and I decide I'm going to go up to communion shortly after they decided, right? Like it was time for our pew, and they all went up there, and I kind of paused, thought about it for a last second, and then and then I kind of hurried up after them, and I went up and shared communion with that church. It, it just, it, it, it can be awkward. But I tell you this story because I want to remind you, if you believe, you should do it. If you believe in Jesus, you don't have to be part of RCC, you don't have to be part of any church. I invite you to celebrate your faith in Jesus by sharing communion with us. So if you didn't already, go ahead and pause again and, 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 and go in and get bread or juice or whatever, a cookie or whatever it may be and celebrate with us to share our faith together. Now, hopefully some more people did that and we're sharing and we're about to do it. We're going to remember and state our faith in Jesus by sharing communion. In 1 in Corinthians, in chapter it's chapter 11, it's verse 23 to 26, we can find Paul, like us, doing just that, as he remembers Jesus' words from Luke. This is, what, this is what Paul writes. The Lord took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So now, whatever you have at home, let's share that together. In the same way, Jesus took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, as we've shared the elements together, let's pray. Let's pray and let's thank God for rescuing us. like Just like Passover is celebrated, let's pray and thank God for rescuing us. And not just from slavery to the Egyptians, but rescuing us from the slavery we can have to sin through belief in Jesus. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for inviting us into a permanent relationship with you. We do believe in you. We celebrate this because of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, this supper, this Passover celebration that they were experiencing with Jesus, should have been a great moment for the disciples. It should have been amazing. But look at this. Look at at what happens. Look what happens right after that. They're, They're at this dinner. They're having a great time. Thinking, oh, this is amazing. We're with Jesus celebrating Passover. Look what happens, though. Luke 22, 24 says, They began to argue among themselves as to who would be the greatest in the coming kingdom. What? They're with Jesus, celebrating with Jesus, being invited into the kingdom of God then and for eternity, and the first thing they do as people is argue who's the best. Communion should be a great moment for us as well, but it often isn't. For me, I told you a story about communion for me so many years ago. Well, The end of that story didn't go so well. Like, I felt great. right? I decided I'm going to go up for communion. I'm going to share communion. For me, it was kind of a moment. I hadn't been at church in years. And I go up and think, okay, yes, I do still believe in God. Even though I haven't been to church in years, I believe in God. I'm going to share communion. And I go up and I feel really good about it. I go back and sit down and they sing another hymn or two and the service ends. And I'm feeling really good. We're leaving the church. And I start arguing with my friend and his brother they are like, what did you do? Well, you were not supposed to go up for communion. You weren't supposed to do that. I'm like, but it was important to me. No, no, that was totally wrong. You're, you're not good enough to go up for communion. You're not part of this church. blah 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 This is all the bad stuff that you do. You shouldn't have done it. And worst of all, you didn't even walk right. I'm like, what? You, what? what do you mean I didn't walk right? Like, you kind of half ran up. I'm like, I was trying to catch up to you. There was a gap, and I was trying to close the gap. I walked too fast, and I made it wrong. So it kind of ruined the whole thing for me. Don't let anyone ruin special moments for you. Special moments between you and God are between you and God, and nobody else matters. So if you want this to be a great moment, actually more, if you want sharing communion to be foundational to your real and growing deeper faith, listen to what Jesus says about this. He hears this argument, and then he straightens them all out. Listen to what Jesus said in that moment to his disciples then and to his disciples now. Us, you and I, listen to this. He says, but among you, because they're arguing, right? They're arguing about who's great. Jesus says to him, among you, those who are the greatest should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. All right, it's Jesus, all right? So it sounds nice, but how, Jesus? Well, good teachers always provide good examples. Great teachers live what they teach. Jesus is the best teacher ever. So look at what he does next. He gets up from the table, takes off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel he had around him. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again, sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord. And you're right, because it's true. And since I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet... You ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Serving others by by washing his disciples' feet, in that Jesus displayed his humility and his servanthood. For the disciples, having their feet washed was in contrast to their hearts and attitudes that they had at the time. And for us, washing feet is symbolic of our role in the family of God. It's deep. It's deep. And again, we talked about being deep in this week's podcast. You can go to YouTube and and listen if you like. But this, this act, this servanthood act, is deep. Listen. Listen to what Jesus says at the end. This is how Jesus wraps up his teaching for them and for us. He says in John 13, 17, you know these things, right? He talks about being a servant, he says, you know these things, now do them. That is the path of blessing. All right, you know, maybe maybe washing feet was culturally appropriate at the Passover supper or something they did back then. But maybe it'd be a bit weird today, right? So, how should I, how, how should you serve others? If we want Jesus to consider us deep enough to become leadership material in his eyes, Then we need to serve others. Maybe not by washing feet, but maybe you could go shovel for someone. You could make a meal for someone. You could fix something for someone. You could hold a baby for someone. You could drive someone to an appointment. There's so many humble, servant ways to be like Jesus. And it's Lent, right? We're supposed to be preparing for Easter, right? What's the meaning of Easter preparation for you? What's the meaning? There should be meaning in it. If I think back to that story I told when I was a teacher and, and I was having lunch and, and the others didn't, didn't know why they weren't having meat. You know, giving up meat for Lent could be a really special thing if it's between you and God and you know why and you, you love to have meat and you say, you know, for God, for you, I'm not going to do this. I, I want to remember Jesus' sacrifice, his fasting, so I'm going to fast along with him and I'm going to give up something to, to remember Jesus and experience it a little bit. That is beautiful or it could be bad if you have no clue why you're doing it. So, instead of possibly giving up something for God, how about this? Lent 2021, how about this? Do something for God. Don't give up something for God. Do something for God, and you know what you should do? Exactly what Jesus says you should do. Be a servant. Be a servant to someone else in some way, Every single week, maybe every day, as we approach Easter. That's how you get ready for Easter. That's how you're able to celebrate then what Jesus did for you. Because you're willing to do for others. As Jesus says, the server is actually the leader. That's deep. So now, like Jesus says, go do it and be blessed. As I close, that's what I'm going to pray about. I'm going to pray that God gives us the heart of a servant And then he blesses us for obeying him. If you'd like that, please pray along. Please pray along with me. Dear Lord, thank you for this teaching. Thank you, God, that that you consider leaders, ones that are willing to serve others. So, God, help us to see this like you do. Jesus, help us to live like you do. Help us to be servants, Lord. Help us to please you. Help us to serve others. We ask this in your name. Amen. Now, as I wrap up, If you'd like to make a gift to RCC, you can simply go to our website, to rccsunday.com, and there's a little link for Rebel Give. If you'd like to make an offering, that's the way you can do it. For those of you who are worshiping God that way at RCC, thank you. You're making all of this possible. Have a great week.